Hello London, we are ready for your vote. Hello, I'm Stephen Perkins and this is Douze Point, the Eurovision podcast from the Binge Watch team that's with you all of this week to capture all of the excitement from Liverpool 2023. Now, I know you wouldn't normally expect to be hearing from me today, but when I was asked if I would like a chat with Eurovision icon Nikki French, I couldn't possibly say no. She, of course, represented the UK at Stockholm in the year 2000 with Don't Play That Song Again. And while that song title might have been asking for trouble voting-wise, Nikki has embraced the Eurovision community ever since. And she's just released an album of covers of her favourite Eurovision songs. So we thought we'd have a little chat with her to find out all about it. Eurovision legend Nikki French, thank you very much for joining us here on Doospoir. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm excellent, thank you. All the better for speaking to you. Ah, oh, that's very kind. Thank you. It's 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 a joy to be with you. Thank you. Thanks for asking me. No worries. It's it's, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, so we thought we'd, we we know obviously you've got a new album that you're going to talk to us about. We thought we'd perhaps start with a little trip down Eurovision memory lane. Um, <laughs> you represented the UK in Stockholm in the year two thousand. Um, what, what yes, and and actually, um, the night of the final will be exactly 23 years to the day oh, since really? I, I represented the UK. 13th of May. Yeah, 13th of May 2000. And the final this year is the 13th of May. So, yes, it'll have very poignant memories for me. <laughs> so what are your memories of that experience like? I imagine it's like nothing else. Oh, completely. It, it was... It was just a whirlwind of excitement and enthusiasm and positivity. And it was just wonderful. It, it really was, apart from the voting, obviously. <laughs> you were slightly sort of in, in that period where we, we've had a couple of really good years before. And then we, I think we were, we were starting to get into that point where the, where the UK weren't necessarily getting involved in Eurovision in the way that we should have been. Um, That's right. So, so yeah, so I think in, well, obviously in 97 we won, um, 98 we were second, mm. and then 99 was um, represented by Precious yes. in uh, uh, sort of over in, oh, Israel. Israel. Yeah, yeah. And they were, I don't know, ninth or tenth or something. And I remember doing an interview before mine and someone said, you know, oh, you know, are you going to do, you know, do you, do you think you'll do better than Precious? And at the time, ninth or tenth or whatever they were, was the worst ever. <laughs> so I said, oh, yes, no way I'll be that bad. And then because they did a good performance, it just didn't resonate. And then we were 16th. So it was even worse, much worse. <laughs> um, but as we've said for the last 10, 15 years, we'd take 16th now. Oh goodness, yeah. I mean, I remember like Lucy Jones. I think was was fifteenth or sixteenth in her year, and that felt like a massive achievement when she did. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but then you know, it all changed last year. I mean, you know, finally there was a really good song, a fantastic singer. He nailed it. The staging was brilliant because that often lets us down. Hmm. Thinking of James Newman and his polystyrene trumpet, <laughs> um, it wasn't his fault. It was you know whoever designs. But yeah, so so um, last year it just changed dramatically. You know, suddenly everyone's interested in Eurovision again in the UK. So there's a lot of people that I know from previous years who follow Eurovision everywhere. They they are diehard fans. They get their tickets. They spend basically all their leave on going to Eurovision wherever it may be. And this year they can't get tickets because yeah. everyone else has snapped them up. 
It's great. Well, it's not great, it's terrible, but it's great that people care again. <laughs> it's great that people care again. And, and that's the thing, you know, long may that continue. Mm. I mean, I, I was up in Liverpool a couple of weeks ago and the excitement is just so palpable and it's wonderful. It's just it's just wonderful that everyone's really, really getting into it. One thing I'd really love to to hear about is is just obviously you've got three minutes basically and you have to make an impact in those three minutes. Uh, what's that like? Is that the most intense three minutes of your life? Oh, completely. I mean, we finished our song, and I remember thinking, "That's it. It's done." <laughs> you know, that, that, it felt like a second, but we got through it. And and you know, I mean. Who knows why? I mean, maybe people didn't get the song. Maybe because we were slap bang in the middle of the British beef crisis at the time. Nobody liked us. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't surmise why it just we didn't do well. We didn't get the point. And, and back then, you see, you couldn't just sort of watch it back on your phone. We all sort of set our video recorders. That's how long ago it was um, to, to watch it when we got home the next day. And so for 24 hours, we were thinking, what did we do wrong? What, what went wrong on stage? And when I watched it back, I thought nothing. It just didn't get the points. It's, it's so hard. You can't ever predict how something's going to go down at Eurovision, do you? It's, it, it... Things you think will work brilliantly don't. Things that you wouldn't have expected suddenly take off. That's part of the the pain and the joy of it, I suppose. Absolutely, it's competition, you know, and and that's the joy of it and the glamour of it and the excitement of it. I mean, I love the fact that now we have the jury votes first, and then we have the public vote, and it just turns it on its head. Sometimes I find that incredibly thrilling and exciting yeah i mean I, I genuinely can't cope when the results come in i'm i'm up at my seat i'm i'm running i mean particularly last year i was running around you know everywhere <laughs> i was i was over in cork in ireland last year and we were i, I was working on a theater show menopause the musical too and i refused to leave the dressing room until i'd watched sam Ryder sing his song on my mobile phone because I knew that we wouldn't have time to get back to the hotel in time to see him. So I was keeping everybody waiting, including the, the truck that wanted to take the scenery down. They couldn't get to the back door to, to get the scenery off. And we got back to the hotel and there was myself and Susie, um, Susie Fennick, a dear friend of mine, and Chrissy Rock in my hotel room with some snacks from from marks and spencers and some bottles of wine that we picked up and we were just sitting there we we i mean the poor people in the rooms next door because we were screaming every time we got the 12s or the 10s or whatever i mean it was just joyous it was amazing I think we'd all forgotten what that felt like, hadn't we? I know, I know. <laughs> Even one twelve, we 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 just. I mean, when Ukraine gave their points, I thought, do you know what? I think we might get good points from them. And then they said United Kingdom twelve points. It was like, oh my goodness! I went, honestly, I I literally almost jumped through the ceiling. <laughs> it was, and and it just got better and better. Um, I mean, he he single handedly has rejuvenated the love and interest in the contest you know god bless him because he's superb mm. 
And what I think has been really interesting is is that, you know, some people might have come come away from a Eurovision experience like yours and gone, Do you know what, I never want to think about Eurovision again, I'm turning my back <laughs> on the thing. You have absolutely embraced it throughout your career. You've, you've always been there for the Eurovision fans. You've always really just kind of showed so much love for the competition. Um, what, what, why does it mean so much to you? I do love it. I genuinely love it. I mean, you know, I remember for quite a few years after mine, you know, we'd we'd get the UK's entry either announced or, or, you know, in a competition of who wins through. And then they'd be interviewed on breakfast TV for a couple of days. And, you know, they'd sort of, they'd do the usual platitudes of, oh, I love Eurovision. Yeah, I've always loved Eurovision. Always used to sit there with my mum and dad watching Eurovision. And then when they're asked, what's your favourite Eurovision song? You can see the panic. And they're, they're like, uh, a Waterloo by ABBA or Bucks Fizz, making your mind up. And that's the only two that they could ever say. Um, and at the end of their experience, you know, when they didn't do very well, they obviously said to their agent or, or just did it themselves, they just erase it from their CV. To me, you're representing your country. It's the proudest moment that you can have. And you've got people cheering you on and supporting you, whether they like your song or not, they're, they're going to cheer on your country. And I've made so many friends through through Eurovision, you know, that are all the fans. But I think they know that I am a genuine fan of the contest. And I remember after I finished, a few people said to me, look, leave it now. You've done it. Just leave it alone. Move on. Do something else. And I thought, for the first time in my life, I ignored the advice. And I'm so, so glad I did because, you know, I'm now the co-host of London Eurovision Party each year with Paddy O'Connell. Um, and I, I just, that actually is my favourite night of the year because I'm so involved. And I, I just, I do, I just love everything about Eurovision. I do wish that they'd get rid of allowing pre-recorded backing vocals now because they allegedly they brought it in just so that we could have a contest when covid was was rampant but apparently it's still in and i you know one of my big things about eurovision is that all vocals have to be completely live um and i wish that they'd go back to that well i wish they'd go back to the full orchestra but hey <laughs> <laughs> I'm a traditionalist, me. <laughs> <laughs> and have you been listening to the songs uh, from this year's contest? Or, or are you one of those people that likes to kind of wait and be surprised on the night? No, I like, um, because of London Eurovision Party, I know that I'm going to meet all these people. And so I, I like to have an inkling of what their song's going to be. So nowadays I do sort of play them all a few times. Some more than others, I have to be honest. So, yeah. And, I, you know, it's the same thing every year. I, I start listening to them and I think, oh, God, this is going to be a hard year this year. Oh, it's going to be such a drudge. And then I see some of them perform at London and I start changing my mind. And by the time we get to the week of, of the contest, I'm thinking, this is one of the best ever. <laughs> it just you love certain songs. And, and you're going to ask me which ones now, aren't you? If, you, if it's a couple you'd like to say, I mean, yeah, we don't want you to play favourites, but if you've well, got, I, I, do you know what? I I know they may not do anything, but two that well, three actually that stand out for me. The first time I heard it, I liked France. 
I think Evidemont is is superb. I just think it's got something. Um, I saw a photograph of the staging yesterday and I thought, wow, that's amazing. The other two that I really, really love and may do nothing, they may not even qualify, are Azerbaijan, the twins, two guys, because in a year that's so top heavy with rock bands and metal bands, I just love the fact that theirs is very laid back, very, very gentle and, and just a lovely tune. And the other one I do like, which is a band, is Slovenia, um, oh. Carpe Diem. I, I just love that, Joker Out. It's got great chord progressions and, you know, in a musical sense, it's, I think it's great. And how are you uh, feeling but, about, uh, sorry, how are you feeling about the UK's entry as well? Yes, I like the UK's. It's it's annoyingly catchy because <laughs> as, if I if I go for my swim in the morning, if I just start to think of one line, that's it. It's in my brain the rest of the day, yep. um, and that's no bad thing. Um, I, I, I do like our song. I really do. And again, I saw this morning a photo of the staging, and it it, it looks really quite quite good i am um, so excited for the staging it looks incredible yeah yeah so um i i don't think she's got the best performance slot going last mm. i think people some people say oh that's fantastic after 25 other songs i'm not sure it is sometimes you know, usually by that point doesn't it <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, any time that you watch Eurovision, you usually get to about song 24-ish of 26, and people start getting up, going to get some more wine, getting up, going to get some food. So you start to lose the, the concentration on the songs as it gets later. Mm. I mean, Sam was fantastic at song 21. It was perfect positioning. But, I, you know songs that have performed last have done well before so it's really not out of the out of the woods and i do think with a lot of the metal bands and so on and rock bands i think you know because it's really funky and at london eurovision when that chorus kicked in i was like wow this really does hit it mm. really really works so <laughs> yeah i'm i'm cheering her on I looked up when the uh, the last time a country won from the final slot, and just to give you an idea how long ago it was, the last country that won from the final slot was Yugoslavia. Oh gosh, <laughs> when it was still Yugoslavia. Was still okay, Yugoslavia. what year was that? I think it was nineteen. I want to say nineteen ninety thereabouts, or the late eighties. Okay. I have to go back wow. and the details, but yeah, it was definitely a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, I remember when. Um, oh gosh, um, the Italian um, boy group. Um, or man group. Yeah, when they performed, I thought that was just the most wonderful performance and song. But they were, I think they were second to last on the running. And I, I just found myself thinking if they had been two or three songs earlier, they might have got this. As, mm. as it was, they were, I think, second or third, which was still good. But yeah, I, I mean, that just even now i hear that song and it sends shivers down me i just think it's beautiful so let's have a chat about your new album then what, what... i was just about to say but i haven't covered that for my new album <laughs> don't worry so what, what made you decide that this this was the perfect moment and you want to do a european album right now if I'm honest, it wasn't me, it was the record company. Um, for the last few years, we've done like a little EP of some of my favourites and they decided that 
it wasn't because we were hosting, because they had this idea before the UK came second last year. They just said, we've got enough songs now and we think we ought to put them into an album. Take cherry pick the best ones, the best mixes, and let's put them onto an album. Um, and they said, you know, you need to record another couple of tracks so that we've got new ones as well. So I did Love Games and I did Too Late for Love as the newbies. And someone put the album together. They suggested which ones we went for. They knew which. It was actually my, my manager, Matt. He said, I know you like this mix and I know you prefer this mix. So he sort of suggested which ones we went with. And my goodness, it's worked. And the, the reaction we've had has just been nothing sort of sensational it's just been fantastic and I actually listened to it as an album for the first time in the car just two days ago and I thought oh it really does just flow really nicely there's a good mix of songs and I mean it's not down to me it's down to the the wonderful countries that put those songs through you know sort of you've got from Luxembourg, you've got from Sweden, you've got, you know, just all these different countries. And I've tried to keep it nice and varied. And it's it's great for the gigs as well. I, I can't lie. You know, I mean, I, I turn up to a show for Eurovision and I'm stuck for choice, really. So I sort of <laughs> disappoint some people because I'm not singing what they want. But no, it's it's just been a joy putting it together. And the thing about me is that I'm I'm just so fixated on the harmonies and backing vocals. So I take a song, I never do it exactly as the original because I just don't see the point. You know, if you want to hear the original, you'll listen to the person that sang it first. I like to do something more with it. So with me, it tends to be the harmonies and backing vocals. I just flood it with those. And then we pass it to Matt Pop or Pete Ware or James Blair, and they make the magic. You know, I just stand there and sing. They're <laughs> the ones that make it sound absolutely amazing. And they they put their spin on, and it, it may make a, a ballad into a, a funky number or the other way around. Or, I mean, we're too late for love. The reason I did it was because it was one of my favourite songs in 2019, but I hated the way that, it got really great into the chorus and then the drums came out. I thought, no, no, you need to keep the beat going. So that was our one stipulation <laughs> with the with the producers. We want we want the beat to keep going once it's in. And we were expecting this huge sort of anthemic, high energy, sort of boppy number. And when it came back, it was just so beautiful. It's still got a beat, but it's it's more thoughtful and it's more considered and it's it's really lovely. I mean, I, I was looking at the track listing and I think yeah, this is where we can see that you're a true Eurovision fan is that, you know, you haven't gone for the obvious ones. There are some proper deep cuts in there, aren't there? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, I, I just love Eurovision. But do you know what? When you then get to another year and the record company says, oh, we need another couple of tracks, all these thousands of songs over the years from Eurovision, and I sit there thinking, oh, don't know. <laughs> you know, and it takes ages to decide on one. So I, that now I've started making a little list in case they say next year, do you fancy doing another few? 
I'm starting a list. <laughs> Looking forward to your cover of Evie de Mont. Ah, yeah, that might not be. <laughs> <laughs> and and what, what are your plans for, for the big night this year? Where will you be for the, for the, for the shows themselves? I will actually be at home. I'm going to have a party. I, there were inquiries about, about doing a show, but um, I'm going to be in Liverpool for the whole week and then come, I think, on the Friday, I'm going to drive home. I've got to got to drop the dog off um, at a friend's in Liverpool for the whole week and then I'll pick him up Friday morning, drive home, start preparing food and things and then some of the neighbours are going to come round and my sister's coming up with her husband um and yeah just going to watch it at home and then i've got some tv interviews over the weekend on the saturday on the sunday on some of the breakfast news channels so yeah i i decided you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna do those rather than stay up in Liverpool and then have a nightmare journey getting back Sunday. So, um, yeah, I've decided I, I'm so busy the, during the week anyway that I will probably look forward to just resting and being at home. It must be so lovely, though, that, that Eurovision is that thing where you're always a part of it, however however long things go on for, that it comes around again. People want to hear from you when Eurovision comes around. That must be so lovely. It's lucky. I mean, I feel very honoured that they do still want to to book me and they want to hear from me and uh, they want my spin on things. I mean, I often say to whoever's interviewing me, it's very different now because they'll say, oh, how's how's May going to be feeling? Or what would you be doing right now? You know, what will she be doing right now in preparation? And I have to say, well, it's very different from 23 years ago. Back then, we didn't have semi-finals because there were only, I think there were 24, 26 countries the year I did it. So, you know, there were no semi-finals. Yugoslavia was Yugoslavia. It wasn't broken up. Um, you know, it, it's all very different now. We, You know, we didn't have the big red carpet evening that they all dress up for. It, you know, so so... Although I can give an inkling to how things are going to be happening, it's it's not definite. You know, I mean, when we did it, we had a big dress rehearsal on the Friday, which was filmed in case any transmission went down on the night. And the year we did it, there was this big fireworks explosion in the Netherlands. So they had to play the Friday night rehearsal footage then on the Saturday afternoon, you have a dress rehearsal and then Saturday evening, you're doing the show. So by the time you get to Saturday evening, your voice is raw. <laughs> You've been doing all these interviews and all these rehearsals and press conferences and everything. And you're, you're just absolutely spent. But you find that final little bit of adrenaline to get you through. Mm. I always think there's, you can always find one country every year that they fought so hard to, to qualify from the semis that by the time they get to the final, their voice is absolutely broken and you feel so <laughs> so <important. Yeah. laughs> Well, Nikki, thank you so much for chatting to us. Um, I'm sure the listeners will be excited to check out your album. So can you tell us where they can find it? They can find it at energiserecords.com. Um, and you can either download it or you you can download it on all the usual suspects on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, all the different ones. And you can buy the CD from energiserecords.com. You can also 
pre-order the they're doing a vinyl mm -hmm. and all the vinyl albums are going to be very slightly different because it's a i think it's a blend of two colors and so no pattern on the vinyl will be the same and they're a limited edition that are coming later on i think i don't think they're ready yet but you can order the cd i'm, I'm an old style girl i like cds <laughs> so you can order the cd from energize or you can download it on all the usual sites so there's no excuse there's a format for everybody absolutely <laughs> and if you just want to download one track you can do that but um yeah there's a hopefully you'll agree that there's a, a good broad mix of songs fantastic nikki french thank you so much for joining us Thank you so much and happy Eurovision! Happy Eurovision! <laughs> the brilliant Nikki French there, an absolute joy to catch up with her, and if I may say so, having listened to her new album, her cover of Shine by the Tomachevi sisters absolutely slaps, so do check it out. Don't forget to hit subscribe as we'll be back again tomorrow with our thoughts on semi-final two and looking ahead to Saturday's grand final. Until then, good night Europe and good morning Australia. Yeah.